Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 28 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Melissa Navarro. She's from Santa Rosa, California, where she works as a realtor on a family real estate team. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I am so glad to have you here. And I'd like to start off asking everyone what brought you to intermittent fasting and how long you've been doing it. I honestly don't even know how I stumbled upon your book. I just have a history of always trying to find the next diet because it's not working quick enough as I would like it to. So I remember exactly where I was and it was March of 2017 and I was just on my iPhone and all of a sudden your book just appeared. And so I actually found your book before the group. And 
I bought it online. So, you know, you could click the little link and then it brought me to the group. And then I was obsessed. I remember my kids were at school and my husband was working and I just read your book as soon as I didn't want to put it down. Oh, well, that makes me happy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you read the book. It just happened to pop in. You were early then, March of 2017. It had only been out for a few months. So you were one of the early readers. So what attracted you to intermittent fasting? What attracted me first was actually your story because I was reading it thinking, that's me, that's me. I've done that. I've done that diet. And so I kind of held on to the fact that if it worked for you, it will work for me because I just saw myself in your story. And there were some things that you tried that I didn't even know were out there. So I thought, wow, I thought I tried it all, but no, Jen did. (laughs) (laughs) But so that's what attracted me to it. And I just knew that I had to try it because I've tried everything else as far as what plans and programs and spent money and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, well, this is free. I need to try it. You're right. I was just like you trying everything out there. Did you cruise the diet aisle of the bookstore like I did? Oh, I have. You should see all the books that I've given away since doing or actually thrown away because I don't want to give them to people. Um, <laughs> thrown away everything from the blood type diet to Jillian Michaels certain diets and, you know, body for life. And I feel like I've bought everything and what a waste of money. I had all those exact same ones. Yeah. <laughs> Although I haven't had to read one since 2014 because I haven't had to do a new one, which is just so freeing, isn't it? Not having to look for that next best thing. It is. And what's also amazing is from reading your book, you have given us other book options, you know, to increase our knowledge, but also to support what you are doing yourself. So since then, now I'm reading books, but they're not diet books. It's a health book. So it totally has changed my mindset towards that, you know, as far as Dr. Fung with obesity code and Feast Without Fear and Appetite Correction. So it's awesome reading books, knowing like, I'm not going to throw these away. I'm actually going to give them to people so that way they could read it. So it's just a different way of purchasing books now. You know, that's actually very true because when I said I haven't read a diet book, I haven't read a book with a plan that you're supposed to follow, but I have read so many health books Mm -hmm. since then. So that's an excellent point to make because, yeah, we want to find what will support us with our health, but we're not trying to find some plan where somebody's like, here's your 21-day jumpstart kind of a thing. Right. Right. We're taking the power back and learning, you know, what's going to lead me to be healthier long term. That's what I want to bring into my life. Yeah, definitely. So you did not have the quickest results getting started, did you? Tell us how that went for you when you started in March of 2017. I, like I said, jumped on your Facebook group and just read everything because even though your book doesn't say do this, do that, I still with that mindset thought, okay, someone in the group has to tell me how to do this because I'm so used to having that. So I just, like I said, read so much, but then realized there is no diet plan and I just needed to do it. And my husband and my three kids, they're all teenagers and very supportive to the point where when I say, okay, I'm going to do this next, you know, my husband does all the grocery shopping and cooking. So he's like, okay, great. How's that going to affect the grocery list this week? You know? So I told him I was doing it and his response was, oh, you're doing the Herschel Walker diet. And I thought, what the heck? You know, of course he thinks he knows what it is. So I YouTubed it and he also does intermittent fasting. So I did, I jumped right in and I'm an all or nothing person. And I went to one meal a day right away and I got a little bit of results, but then any longer window or just anything, I would gain weight incredibly. And it was just such an up and down battle still that I thought, I understand the science, but why isn't the scale understanding? 
you right. know, and I got really frustrated, but because the science made sense, I just stuck with it. But I was also still stuck on my time or my mindset of, well, maybe I could incorporate Weight Watchers with this, or maybe I could do this with this. And, you know, I would have some success in a week and then I'd have, you know, I'd go wine tasting and the next day I literally would be up eight pounds. Like my body would just hold on to everything. And, you know, you do that every once in a while or every weekend because, you know, a weekend's not a special occasion, like you say, but we do a lot of socializing at our house and in our area and you just keep doing that and the weight just kept going up. It just, it was hard, but I believed in it and I stuck to it. So you were having a lot of up and down, up and down, like you would go down a little and then it would bounce back up and then down a little and bounce back up. Yeah. And you know, even my husband's like, I don't know what's going on with you because you eat healthy. Like he would ask me, are you a closet eater? You know, because you're eating the rest of us and we're not having issues. And I wasn't, I just was not having success. So yeah, it was frustrating. I think a lot of people have heard that, you know, your husband said, are you a closet eater? And you said it in kind of a joking way, but people who have struggles like like you were having really do get blamed. And, you know, you've got to be eating, you know, when we can't see you because you, <laughs> that's what people think. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I'm a what you see is what you get type person. I do have a history of eating issues, the binge starve mentality. So part of me was a little afraid when I read your book of, oh my gosh, I'm going to binge within this hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so- right. I was really hesitant. And so because of that, I know my husband was saying it jokingly, but at the same time, you know, when you have that history of that, you have a frustration that happens or stress. And I would binge because that was my coping, but then I would get mad at myself and then I would binge, but then I would go the opposite direction. So that's why I thought, oh, fasting would work perfect because I could eat whatever I want, kind of take care of that little issue, but not really in a healthy way. It was just all over. So I understood where he was coming from because he knows the mentality and, you know, it's kind of a thin line. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I totally understand then why intermittent fasting would have felt appealing, you know, because you don't have the restrictions within your eating window, but you just have that period where you're not eating, then you're eating and you don't have to think about it so much. Definitely. So how long did you struggle with that bouncing up and down and not really making progress? Forever. So I was very hesitant to tell my parents just because they've been, you know, with my struggles of my past stuff. And we were going on a trip to Hawaii, the whole family. I told them about it because I thought, okay, they're going to see me not eat. You know, we're going to be at these food trucks and all this fun Hawaiian food. And my husband's Hawaiian, so we were going to stop by where his island was. So I knew there was going to be a lot of eating, but I wanted to stick with it even though I wasn't getting results. And so I told them and, you know, you're going to starve yourself and, you know, you're going to mess up your metabolism. And I was just getting that. So not only was I struggling with not seeing results, but now I'm trying to convince my family that it's scientific. It works. I'm just not the best testimonial, but believe me, please. It was a lot of back and forth. So we went on vacation. Then when we got back, my mom was still sending me links of, hey, this might not be the best for you. So I said, look, you need to read Jen's book. She needs to set you straight, read it. And then if you don't agree, then we'll talk about it. But we can't argue about it if you don't know. And, you know, I gave her the book. I bought it for her. And then she calls me one day and she's like, so I'm on day three of a 19-5 fasting schedule. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. So then that made it, it kept me going, even though I still wasn't seeing results because now my mom's doing it. And then my dad starts skipping breakfast and 
you know, we all, like you mentioned, work together on a real estate team and real estate is so much social networking, whether it's with agents or chamber mixers and all this kind of stuff. And there's always food and in our area, always wine. And it was so nice that I could go to a luncheon and mom, she wouldn't eat because she was fasting. So we would order our iced tea or our black coffee. And even though I still was not seeing results, it was just so encouraging that I had my kids, my husband, and now my parents all like, come on. You know what I mean? Right. Now, even though you weren't seeing the weight loss results that you were hoping for, how were you feeling during this period of time as far as like physically? I still was not feeling great, which is why my husband, he's a paramedic. He's like, most of there has to be something. Maybe you have like thyroid issues. And I thought my mom had thyroid cancer and talking to my cousins and stuff. One's hypo, one's hyper. So it's in the family. And so I wasn't feeling right. I was eating right. I was fasting and still nothing. So I want to say in June or July of 2017, I went to my doctor and got my lab work done. And he called me the next day and said, you need to come in here immediately. Your cholesterol is through the roof. We need to put you on cholesterol meds. I did mention to him that I was crying. Like I would drop a pen and cry. And my husband's like, oh my gosh, what do we do with you? You know, I was just so emotional over everything. And then I even told my doctor, like this sounds TMI, but I'm not a hairy person at all. And I went four months without shaving my legs and not a single hair on me. And that's a symptom of hypothyroid. And I told my doctor, and instead of him being encouraging and thinking, okay, yes, your symptoms are there. He was like, oh, most women would be jealous of you. Like it wasn't taken seriously. And I was just really frustrated because you're paying for that insurance and you're not getting help. Right. And so I just, you know, kept sticking with it. And my mom, because of her history, she found a thyroid specialist. So she was like, Melissa, you have to go see this doctor. But, you know, that's not covered by insurance and that's a pretty penny. And I was just hesitant to pay that money and him still tell me what my primary said of, you're fine, you're fine, you know. So because all of your numbers were in, you know, quote, normal range, right? No. So... Oh, they weren't? Okay. Well, that's even more interesting. Your thyroid numbers were not in normal range? No. So standard doctors go by your TSH should be between, for labs, 0.5 to 5 is what they say is what labs go by. Mine was 4.85. So I was so close. If I was over five, they would have put me on meds. But yet I was so close having all these symptoms and he wouldn't fix my thyroid. He wanted to put me on depression meds and everything else, but not fix, even though I was so close to that five number. Um, your TSH, they say they want it below 2.5, but you're the specialist, because I eventually did see one, your optimal range for the TSH, optimal range is 1.3 to 1.8. And I was at 4.85, but the lab says I was fine. So the doctor said I was fine. Because it was within, quote, normal limits. Yes. Even though it was way up there and not quite there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know that was frustrating. So frustrating. So eventually I, you know, said, okay, I need to pay the money and see the specialist. And I saw him in November of 2017. And I felt so relieved. By this time, I was... 75 pounds over my normal. Like I put on 75 pounds in a year and a half. So it's not just like 25 pounds dealing with this thyroid. It's a lot dealing with it, which, you know, now my mindset and my eating stuff's kicking in, you know? So I saw him, he sent me with levothyroxine, which is your standard medicine that thyroid people get. And, you know, I started taking it within like two, three months in the beginning of 2018. My hair started growing again. I was not crying. Like I realized 
oh my gosh, I'm like happy again. And one of the other symptoms with my mom, she totally related is I have a great life. I'm happy. My kids are great. My husband's are great. But Sundays I just wanted to get in the car and drive. I didn't even know where I want to go. I just wanted to leave. I just couldn't handle it. I realized, wow, I haven't felt like that in a while. So all the symptoms are going away. So yeah, I just realized that my mood was getting better. I wasn't crying and I just, you know, my hair was growing. Just everything was getting better. No longer had plantar fasciitis because with all that weight, the pain was kind of gone. So I did notice that. So I thought maybe that's the thyroid thing. I don't know. That's another symptom that I realized, but the weight was still there. And so I just started doing more research. And this is where my heart goes out to people in your group, Jen, when I never have, I've been in your group forever, but I never want to comment because I never felt like I was a good testimonial person because I'm putting on weight doing fasting. But when I see people with thyroid, that's why now I just make sure that I jump on because here my primary said I wasn't, I mean, I was fine and didn't need meds. And now I see my specialist, he gives me levothyroxine, but I'm still putting on weight, you know, really fast some days. And then other days I lose, but you know, when you lose a pound, put on five, lose a pound, it just keeps going up. And so I started doing a lot of research on my own and I called him one day, which still cost a pretty penny just to have a phone thing. But I said, you know, I don't think my, the levothyroxine is, I mean, it might be doing its job because my symptoms are better, but I don't think my T4 is converting to T3. And I still don't completely, honestly, Jen, understand how it all works. Right. But just from doing so much research, people have said levothyroxine sometimes isn't your end-all, be-all medicine. So I said, I think I need a med that in addition can convert the T4 to T3. And, you know, and he said, that's a great call. And he wrote me a script for lyothyronin. So now I'm taking two meds and that still also takes a while to kick in. And then probably about October of 2018, the weight wasn't coming on again. So I wasn't losing drastically, but also the weight wasn't coming on. So I feel like all of a sudden the meds were working together and the weight, not wasn't better, but you know, I wasn't so stressed that a glass of wine was going to put on eight pounds the next day. So your weight gain stopped yes. at this point. Yeah, it did. So I was around a 19.5 to about a 22.2 window, depending if my kids were home or if my husband was off or what the weekend did. But I was eating and drinking whatever I wanted. I wasn't going crazy. I was just uh, no restrictions. And I kept gaining and losing the same three pounds. And I'm someone that when I see the scale, I know you say throw it out or take an average. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I would get on it and woohoo, I'm down a half a pound. The next day I'd be up a pound and a half and it would just ruin my day, like kill me. So, you know, then I kind of got irritated and then I probably did eat a lot more than I should have. And my birthday happened, my 40th birthday on January 1st. And in my mind, I was like, huh, you only turned 40 once and... I ate and drank my way through the holidays and past my birthday. And now I know that that weight gain was my fault. It wasn't my thyroid. I expected you take meds and it should just fall off, you know? And so now I realize I have to put in the work. And that's kind of how I got to where I got to my highest. And it was kind of my rock bottom. <laughs> so you hit your rock bottom right around your 40th birthday in January of 2019. Yeah. And... My mom, and it's funny because we all work together. We're at a work Christmas party for our company. And as we're going down to get our cocktails and stuff, I told my mom, you know, my weight, I just, it's at the highest ever. 
you know, I'm going to do alternate day fasting because like I mentioned, Jen, I've just read because of you, you've introduced us to so many authors that support fasting. I realize I probably am insulin resistant. I didn't have a test for it, so I can't say for sure. But from all my years of yo-yo dieting and all that, I realize I could probably be the same age, same body type of whatever. And I have a piece of pizza. I put on five pounds. Someone else does because my body's just maxed out, you know? And so I thought, I'm going to do alternate day fasting. And I always wanted to, whenever people in the group posted about it, I would follow it and read every notification, but I was just a chicken. You know, I was afraid of, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel left out from people eating, (laughs) you know? And so I told that to my mom and my mom said, that's a great idea. You know, I think I'm going to do a bone broth fast. And I thought, who are we? Because back in July of 2017, she told me I was in starvation mode and I couldn't even imagine going that long. Right. So just the mindset was changed for all of us. And like I said, I went through my birthday and January 6th, I got on the scale and I was like, okay, today's the day I don't eat. And something my specialist did tell me is someone that has a thyroid condition, low carb works the best. He didn't say keto. He didn't say paleo. He just said stay away from the processed, focus on the healthy carbs and just keep them at a minimum. And like I mentioned, I'm an all or nothing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do alternate day fasting and keto. And it has just taken off. And I have had weight loss that I've never had and I'm enjoying it. And it took me a while to get here with my mindset. But now, Jen, I love taking my weight every day. I have an average. I have this chart that I do. And I get excited to put on my numbers. I know that sounds silly, but just watching that average go down week by week by week is just so fun. So now I'm a number person when it comes well, to my Well, I week. love that because you're seeing the results finally. Yeah, I think your, your journey has a lot that can really inspire us. I mean, you did not give up. I mean, we're talking a year and a half and more, you were not losing weight and you were still doing intermittent fasting and you did not give up when your doctor said your thyroid is fine. And you did not give up when you got the first medication and you kept researching and you kept digging and you knew that there was something, there was more to it than just you being weak or intermittent fasting doesn't work or, you know, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You didn't give up. You didn't quit. You kept digging. Definitely. I had to. I mean, what else could I do? I've tried everything else. I got to the point where I'm like, oh, you know, and your group has been a lifesaver because how many people in there have said the same thing? They've gone months and some people have said, I've lost three pounds in eight months. And then all of a sudden, bam, it kicked. So I thought, okay, other people, it's happened to them. They might not have a thyroid issue, but maybe they had some other issue, you know, and I don't know. That's the thing. Intermittent fasting is amazing. It has so many health benefits, but if it is not addressing the root cause of why you are not able to lose the weight, you've got to keep digging till you find what that root cause is. And you eventually came to the realization, okay, now my thyroid is getting what it needs. I'm on the right medication, the right dosage. There's still something that is holding me back. And you said it's got to be insulin resistant or insulin resistance. Did you have like belly fat? Was that where your weight was going on? No, I'm a butt girl. It all goes to my butt and thighs. (laughs) Yeah. I'm short, stocky and (laughs) yeah. So, but you still figured out it was going to be the insulin resistance. And so you tried the keto and the alternate day fasting. And that really is, you know, the one, two punch for bringing down insulin. 
Yeah. And I feel so good on my fasting days. And, you know, like I said, a lot of it does come down to mindset for me personally, because I always felt like I was going to miss out. And again, being on a family real estate team, we do a lot of meetings and meeting with other, you know, lenders or whatever. And there was always a reason of, oh, I can't fast today or, oh, I need to put this off. But, you know, even on days where my family is going to eat lunch because they've moved their window around, but it's not my eating day. I can't tell you how many lunches I just go to and sit and watch. And, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, are you not eating? I say, oh, I'm not hungry. Now I just say, no, I'm fasting. It's my not eat day. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So it's really been neat to even share that with people. And so you find that you feel great eating keto. Like that works really, really well for you and the way you feel. It does. If it wasn't for Pinterest, I've been really (laughs) creative. I made, you know, raviolis the other day out of zucchini. So it's been really good. I could honestly say though, Jen, I don't want to eat keto forever. We're going on vacation in July, no, June, I'm sorry. And I just want to be at a goal weight and we're going to just have a backpack, like a travel backpack. So I don't have, I don't want to put big clothes in there. I want to have skinny clothes in there. And so that's been my real motivation. But when I get there, I'm not going to be, you know, we're going to Paris and Sweden and all that. I'm not going to be over there and say no to a croissant because it's not my eating day you know, but the good news is I now know how to take it off. And even when I get the goal, I'm going to keep up not alternate day fasting, you know, maybe more of a five, two schedule. I really enjoy my fasting days. Awesome. And see, that's important. People are scared like you were, you know, the idea of the alternate day fasting or a four, three or a five, two with either three fasting days or two fasting days a week. People are, you know, they're like, gosh, I like to eat every day. And, you know, and I understand that I like to eat every day, but there are people like you where it just really clicks and it feels like like an enjoyable lifestyle. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Granted, it was really hard the first two weeks. Well, Dude, the first week I had to hide in my room because they were cooking and I was smelling stuff and I was ready to like snap on everybody. So (laughs) I won't say it was, you know, a walk in the park from the beginning. It did take me a while because I just, I was angry that I couldn't eat and just the smells of the food. And my kids are 17, 15 and 13. So they're at the age where they could easily cook themselves. And when my husband's home, he does all the cooking anyway. So I did have to remove myself And now it's like I can make them dinner and sit down right next to them and it's not a problem. Yeah, I think that's an important point. The fact that it wasn't easy, like you didn't love it week one. No, not at all. (laughs) But you do now. I do. And it took my husband, like he was very supportive from the beginning. And I don't know why he doesn't get this because being a paramedic, he should know like body and insulin and all that. But he'll say things like, you want a mint? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Why not? I'm like, because it will break my fast. Are you kidding? It's one minute, you know, or yeah, yeah. take a bite of my food. It's really good. No, like he just doesn't get that bite will break my fast and it's not worth right. it. So now he doesn't even ask me, which I'm glad. <laughs> so on the days, the alternate days when you're not fasting, what does your eating look like on that day? Do you do three meals, two meals? What, what do you do? No. So don't hate me. I know you say Uh-oh. at least a six hour window. <laughs> I try, Jen. I really try to do it. But with keto, you're so full from all the healthy fats. It's really hard to get a lot of meals in. So I definitely do a snack and a big meal, but I really have to go slow because if you eat too fast, you get full too fast. So I really have to make sure that I'm not rushing, that I just enjoy my food and not attack it because you get full. And you know, it also depends on my day. 
after this, I have a meeting and I'm probably not going to get back until 4.30. And I haven't eaten since three o'clock on Sunday. So, you know, that's a full 48 hours. So I'll have, right. try to do two meals, but it's high quality, good, healthy fats. It's not like I'm eating a hamburger roll. <laughs> well, I think that's important. You're eating to satiety and you're not forcing yourself to eat past the point of being satisfied. You're not making yourself eat just to eat. No, no. And I, But you're full and you're satisfied and your body feels good. You don't feel like you're over-restricting. No, not over-restricting. And something you posted in a group, and I have shared this, I'm in a keto group at church. It's like a small group and it's keto focused. And something I shared within your book, but also someone said, you know, sometimes they eat, 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 and they get full, but then they eat past that. And I remember you posted one time that to listen to that cue of your body, that it will sigh when it's yes. full. The day that you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay attention. And it is such an audible thing that you just realize my body just basically said, stop, you know? And so I, even now with keto, listen to that because with keto, sometimes being so heavy fat, if I do attack my meal, then I get a stomach ache because I'm too full. So I would rather stop when that sigh happens and then wrap it up and eat it maybe an hour later and actually finish it versus get to that uncomfortable point. So that tip you gave was huge. I'm so glad. And yeah, I just read it in some kind of a blog post or something. I haven't been able to find it again or find an official like source for that. But the sigh, I mean, I guess I've seen it in a couple of blog posts, but I can't find the original one that I found it in at first that gave me that thought. But it really is true. And I try to pay attention to that. And once you feel it and you look down at that plate of food and there's still food there and it would be delicious and your mind says, come on, keep eating. This is pleasure. Right. (laughs) Took all this time to make me. (laughs) Yeah. Your body's like, no, I told you. And if you ignore that feeling, that sigh, then you'll be sorry. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Your body will tell you later. That was too much food. Yeah. I've gotten better at listening to it. Am I perfect? No. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because food is good. It is. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com ifstories, promo code ifstories10. 
If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So, Talk about your weight loss since you had struggled and struggled. You were gaining, gaining, and then finally not gaining anymore. But what's happened since you switched over to keto with alternate day fasting? So January 6th, I started with the alternate day and keto. And since then, I'm down 55 pounds. That is amazing. And we're talking, by the time we're recording this, it's not even three months yet. Not quite three months. This will air in May, but we're recording this. It's still March. (laughs) And so you're not even quite three months in and you're down. How many was that again? 55. Wow. Yeah. I was a size 16 and it was a tight size 16, like stretch jeans 16. And I'm now in an eight. Wow. So yeah. And the biggest rise see it is my face. So that's been really neat. And, you know, I do work from home a lot. So when you go out and people see you, they're like, oh my gosh. So, you know, that meme where it says it takes four weeks for you to see, eight weeks for your friends and family and 12 weeks for the world. That really is true. And so that's why pictures are so important because I think when I was around like a 36 pound weight loss, I told my mom, how do people not see it? You know, but nobody was saying anything, but then bam, all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, what happened to you? So, and I think people see it, but they're not really sure. Like they're like, something's different, but I can't put my finger on it. And you just don't know, is it a haircut? Does she just look really great today? (laughs) Is it her outfit? But yeah, I actually, here's a kind of a funny story. After I lost, you know, 75 to 80 pounds, it was like the next school year. And we had a male PE coach at our elementary school and he came up to me one day and he's older than me. I mean, not that much older in case he's listening. <laughs> he said, please don't take this in the wrong way, but did you lose some weight? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 75 to 80 pounds. And he's not really sure I might've lost some or maybe not. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> that just really made me laugh so hard and I'll never forget it because he really wasn't sure. And it just lets me know as obsessed as I felt about my size, that I was big, I was obese, I was overweight. Other people really were not that obsessed with my size. No. And you feel like you walk into the room and everybody's looking at you like because of the thyroid and being, you know, like depressed and everything. And then with the weight, you know, I got to the point where I was 95 pounds overweight. And that was my final aha step on the scale January 6th moment. You felt like you walked into the room and everybody was like whispering like, oh my gosh, look at Melissa. Nobody cares. And I have the broker at our company Something they said is, Melissa, you were beautiful then, but you're beautiful now, you know? And in my mind, I thought everybody was looking at me and laughing. So I hid out. And then that just makes it worse because then you just eat. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're not leaving the house and you're in your stretch pants. So where's your accountability? I felt like that too, though. I felt like, 
my weight was the thing that people were looking at. And I was always, always mindful of the fact that I was overweight. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how much I missed out on being behind the camera with my kids because I was not going to be in that photo. But I'm excited because my 40th people, someone took a picture. And so that's going to be my before picture. But I never... I was always hiding out or, you know, you have your certain way that you stand where you take your 13 year old and you hold him in front of you. Like, yep. Like that little 90 pound thing is going to hide you. (laughs) It didn't. Well, it might hide a little bit. You know, I did the same exact thing. I have a photo of me in the book. We're on the beach and I was, you know, my aha moment when I was 210 pounds and there we are on the beach in Mexico and I'm standing behind my children Mm -hmm. trying to hide. You can't hide it. You can tell. No, especially my booty was sticking out past her. I couldn't hide that. My boobs were as big as my head. I was wearing this bathing suit. (laughs) I'm like literally looking at it. My boobs were as large as my head. Yeah. Not anymore. (laughs) Thank you, intermittent fasting. I know. (sighs) I know. Well, and didn't you say your goal was a size four, but now you're like in a zero? Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that I still, you know, because I still have struggles, even though I've done so well these last two and a half months. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, I just lost 55 pounds. I should be able to fit in that. And then I go to put it on and I thought, I still look awful. And so that's something I have to struggle with. So last week I cleaned out all my jeans and I have a lot of jeans and I tried on the ones that I thought fit and I organized them from, well, maybe two weeks ago. Cause I think I was like at a 12 when I did this all the way down to my size fours. And I put the biggest on the left and the smallest on the right. And I did save three sizes for my husband. He gets a little part of the closet. So that way I don't have to get discouraged and think, Oh, I wonder if these fit yet. I just am going to keep going from the left until I get to where my body stops at the right. You know, because oh, I love that idea. It's like a range of jean sizes yeah. and you're just working your way down it. So did those size fours that you have in there, did they fit you at some point in the way past and you have them from then? Yes, because I know sometimes we could be all unrealistic, but it was a size that after I think my daughter when she was I don't know. I no, actually I got married in twenty fifteen. That's how quick I put on the weight. I was like a four six back then. So that was way after kids, so I know everything's gonna fit the same. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, but I'm just going down the line. (laughs) Yeah, that's exciting. And you know, that's the thing that you can always trust that when those pants are fitting better and fitting differently, you know that your body is changing. Yeah. And I'm excited for my shoes to fit, you know, because all the inflammation's gone and you can't wear high heels with every pair of jeans. You know, you can only do certain styles and I cannot wait to wear high heels again. In fact, I just bought a pair last week because I'm going to wear them once I get to a certain size, because I expect my feet not to have that inflammation. (laughs) That's true. My feet got smaller and they went back to my high school shoe size, which is funny. I didn't know why my feet were bigger. I don't know. They just were. You know, I was a seven and a half shoe in high school and then I was wearing eight, then eight and a half and sometimes a nine. I didn't even think you could have fat feet. No, I just figured it's because having kids that I just lost my arch, but hearing all the testimonials on your page. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get into my shoes too. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm wearing a seven and a half, still an eight here and there. It just depends on the shoe and the cut of it. But yeah, it's remarkable. It's amazing. From head to toes, literally IF helps you. So let's go back, talk about your parents. They're still doing intermittent fasting. And what benefits have they seen? Yes, they are. My dad mainly skips breakfast. They do eat super healthy. My brother, he is a chef. And he just read the book Genius Foods and just how 
you know, those bad oils can affect you. And so we all read it. And my mom, like, she will not eat canola oil. Like, they are so healthy. So she was doing 19.5, but she got to her weight and almost got a little, like, skinny to where my grandma's like, Vicky, are you eating? So she's made her window bigger. She's now at 16.8. And then she takes off Wednesdays and Saturdays. And she still eats completely healthy on those days, but she'll allow herself, like, a latte in the morning. So she's really aware of how her body feels and she likes to be able to have that coffee time with my dad. So they're doing that. My brother, who's the chef, you know, he has to taste all day and he's also involved in a charity where he's going to do like 500 miles over three days of riding a bike, a chef cycle. Wow. Yeah. And so all the chefs all over the U.S. do it to raise money for No Kid Hungry And so by him doing that, it's really hard for him. He'll ride from Napa over to our area in Sonoma, and there's a lot of hills. So he can't do a fasting as much as he would like on those days. So he tries to stick with the 16-8, but you know, when you're a chef and you have to taste it, sometimes that could be hard. So, but again, he also eats super healthy. One day he sent me his dessert and it was macadamia nuts, 97% dark chocolate, blueberries, and olive oil. And I guess the olive oil acts like a binder. And I thought, I cannot imagine eating olive oil with blueberries. <laughs> that looks awful. But it actually sounds really good really? with the macadamia nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The olive oil does kind of throw you. Yeah. But I, yeah. I don't know. But so he's eating. Uh, now I'm like thinking healthy. about it. Yeah, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> so what oils does he use now as a chef? Well, he's at his restaurant. It opens in May. so He's doing a lot of experimenting. But when he's at home, he does avocado, coconut, and olive oil. I've just started buying potato chips that are fried in coconut oil. I don't usually buy potato chips to have around because they were one of those foods that I could just eat and eat and eat and never be full. And also then I would start to feel a little sick, but still never satisfied. So I was like, you know, these aren't working well for me. But we were going to have something to eat one night for dinner and it needed some chips. So I found these fried in coconut oil. And I've since discovered there's more than one brand out there, fried in coconut oil. There is just something different about those chips. They're satisfying in a way that the ones fried in the traditional whatever, I guess they use canola, you know, for the other right. you know, the big standard. name brand chips. Mm-hmm. These coconut oil chips, I can eat just a handful of them. And I do feel full and satisfied. It's bizarre, yeah. the difference. Yeah. And also for brain health, like my papa has dementia. So that's what it talks about in the genius foods. It's just the plaque that all that crappy oils and all that put in your brain. And they're finding that, you know, dementia is like your type three diabetes is what they're calling it. And so from that book, we just really learned a lot. I'm not as strict as them. Oh, I made coconut shrimp, keto, and you're supposed to fry it in coconut oil. Well, To make dinner for the five of us, that was a lot of coconut oil I would have had to buy to get it to where it's two inches melted in a pan. So I was like, "Eh, I'm just going to do regular oil. So, you know, I'm not as strict as them, but my brother didn't have a lot of weight to lose. And just by doing 16-8 and cutting out all the processed stuff, he's lost 20 pounds since January and he didn't even have a lot to lose. So yeah, it's just amazing how when your body's ready for that fasting to work and all the healing's been done, it works. Again, the fact that you stuck with it and you knew kind of in your heart, I guess, that this was where you were going to find your answer Mm -hmm. if you just kept looking. Yeah. Is that the point where what else? Like, I think diet pills is the one thing I haven't done. I definitely didn't want to do that. Oh, yeah. I went down that diet pill road and I think that kind of messed up my metabolism 
a lot because it was right after that that I put on 50 pounds in a year and a half and everything was just completely out of whack. You know, when you're gaining weight, like you went through that rapid weight gain because your thyroid, your body is putting that weight on so rapidly. It just feels so terrifying. Oh, it does. And something like you said, you felt your body because of the diet pills, it kind of messed it up. Something I did ask the specialist when I saw him is, you know, I was really honest because I had to be so transparent because I needed to get fixed. And I said, has my history of eating issues of the binge starve and did that mess up my thyroid? Like, did I do this to myself, even though we do have it in our family? But he said that at one point, you know, in his career, he did work at an eating disorder clinic. And he said, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, which came first. And in the clinic, they found a lot of people had hypothyroid. So they weren't sure if the eating issues caused the hypothyroid or did the hypothyroid cause the eating issues? Because like for me, you feel like you eat healthy, you work out the next day, you're up five pounds. Okay, now those eating mindsets come in. So then you binge, but you know what I mean? And what come first? So it's correlated. They found in the clinic that it was correlated, but they couldn't discover which way the cause, which was the cause of the other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a mixture of everything for me, but I was determined and I was so grateful for your group. And I feel like I stalk it sometimes and my husband will roll over (laughs) sometimes and be like, you're on Facebook again. I'm like, it's my groups. Right. I'm not just talking to people. I'm reading. And I love that you were inspired to tell your story by seeing that other people struggle with the same thing, hearing from the doctor, no, everything is within normal limits. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And you were like right there at the upper end, Yeah, like barely within upper limits. So I think the takeaway from your story is people need to be their own health advocate. Definitely. I've worked in the medical field like six plus years. That's where I met my husband. And you really do see that doctors aren't gods. You know, we're all human and stuff changes so much and they're all going by these old labs. So when I see people in your group say, I feel like crap, but the doctor says I'm fine. I always want to say, go to someone else, you know, get that second opinion because something even the specialist told me over in Europe, they use labs 0.5 to 2.5. So how is it my cousin in Sweden, she was at like 2.6, they put her on meds instantly. And here I'm at 4.85 and they tell me I'm fine. You know, like that doesn't make sense. So doctors just, you know, we're all human. But if you feel like you have those symptoms of whatever the illness is, seek someone that will listen. Because that's, that is something that the specialist, he just took my labs from the last doctor. So he saw my numbers, but he went by, what's your family history? What's your history? He did all these weird tests on me, like looked at my tongue and my tongue was like a memory foam. He had me tilt my head back and he looked at my tongue and my tongue had zero grooves like it would if it was resting against your teeth. And he said that my tongue was so tight and really withdrawn. And that's because I don't have the chemical that my thyroid should be making to actually relax my tongue, which is so weird. But just looking at my tongue, he could tell that my body was deficit of whatever hormone for that thyroid, because he's like, your tongue's a memory foam mattress. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. That's how doctors used to diagnose thyroid issues. I investigated all that myself when I was having the quick weight gain. You know, I had a low body temperature. I had a thyroid nodule, but all my numbers were, quote, normal. But they used to just go by body temperature, symptoms, 
you know, different things like your tongue. Did he squeeze the skin on your arm at all he to did. try to pinch that? He did. Yeah, see? He looked in my eye, he shut the blinds, and you know how you could see little dots come through the blinds from the strings? He had me focus on one, and then he looked, and how my eye responded, he was able to determine my temperature was low. And then he even took that thing, you know, when you're a kid, it hits your knee and you kick forward, like you're... I had really slow reaction. I didn't respond how your body's supposed to. And he said that was a symptom. So it was just great that someone didn't look at a piece of paper and say, you're fine. He really checked my whole self out. It was really neat. And that is how doctors used to diagnose and treat hypothyroidism. They would just look at that cluster of symptoms, start giving, you know, desiccated thyroid to their patients back in the day before all the synthetic ones till the symptoms were better. And then that was the dosage they would stop with. And that was how they treated you. And then the, quote, better blood tests came along. And then that old standard of care became forgotten. Yeah. And a few doctors are like, you know, hey, (laughs) there was some good stuff going on, you know, because like you said, we can have, even when you said your T4 was not converting to T3, after you researched, you figured that out. There's so much more to it than just, you know, the blood work. Right. And even with those meds, because even once he put me on the meds, it was still like, okay, how are you feeling? It was a lot of checking in. And so then he increased the liothyrin in. At first it was just one, and now I'm on four a day. You know, I spread them out. And that's something that he didn't tell me, don't take them with coffee. Again, I had to do my research. And it's just, you know, here I thought he was a specialist, which he was great. Like, I'm so grateful for him that, you know, he helped me. But like I said, he didn't tell me don't have it with coffee because that could like slow down how your body responds to it. But thankful for fasting, I have my black coffee in the morning and I could take my meds in the afternoon and it doesn't matter because I have nothing in my tummy. (laughs) Yeah, we really can do a lot of research and find good stuff out there. And then, you know, you took that to your doctor and said, here's what I think. And he listened to you. And that's what's so important. Yeah. And now I'm saving money because now that the doctor has me on the meds, I switched to a different doctor and I said, hey, here's my new results. And now I don't have to pay that astronomical price every time I talk to him because now my primary could see the difference of what I was. Oh, and the best news, Jen, I forgot to tell you. So I just had my labs done when I went to my new doctor and my TSH was at 4.85 and now it's at 1.47. Wow. Yeah. So it's in the perfect optimal range of what my specialist initially said. And I don't have to pay those huge prices anymore because I found a primary that believed me just telling her because of how my symptoms have gone away. So now it's great. That's important. Yeah. And now you have a fabulous primary care physician who is believing you and listening to you. Yeah. And you feel supported instead of like, help me, please. (laughs) You know? Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game 
with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Have there been any other health benefits since you've, I mean, I know you talked about all the great things that reversed with the thyroid medicine, but since January, since you've switched over to the keto and the alternate day fasting, have you seen any other surprising benefits, maybe something you weren't expecting? Honestly, I wish I could say yes, but I think the weight was the biggest thing just because that was the most extreme difference that I made. But like I said before that, I was doing like 19.5. I do notice like my face is a lot more clear. I just feel like I look brighter. I know that sounds lame, but my skin just looks brighter. I don't know. You know, that might sound vague and lame when you say it, but I think all of us that have seen before and after photos of people know exactly what you mean. There is just some sort of brightness, you're right, that people have when they really get into the groove of health. Yeah. And that's what you're seeing. My hair's growing, everybody's commenting, but is that because of thyroid meds or because of fasting or is it combined? My fingernails never grow and that's starting to happen. I now have to shave again. You know, every couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so that part, but I do, I don't think I've been doing it long enough consistently since doing the alternate day fasting. And some people in your group, they just have amazing testimonials besides the weight loss. Right. So I did, someone asked me if I was 17 the other day. So that's good. Well, that <laughs> Maybe is I'm good. looking younger. People always think my kids are my brothers and sisters anyways. But the fact that they thought I was a high schooler, I thought, okay, are you just making fun of me? <laughs> well, see, there you go. It's the fountain of you. You have found exactly. it. You have shown us the way. <laughs> awesome. We are almost out of time. So the last thing I like to ask is, what would you tell someone just starting out? Or what do you wish you knew when you got started? I would just say stick to it and find people that support you. Because those times when I wasn't seeing the results... I wanted to throw in the towel. And it's so great to have that support and people encouraging you because that just keeps you focused. And your group is huge for that. But also my kids and my husband and also my parents and brothers even have been so encouraging. And you know, I text them every Sunday, hey, this is what I did today. And they've been so awesome and just there for me through the good and bad of fasting. But I don't think if I had their support and just them encouraging me, I don't know if I would even be where I'm at or even with these results. Because it is tough sometimes when you're doing everything you're, you think you're supposed to and it's not happening. Yeah. And just the lesson to take away is there's something. It's not just that you're weak. There's definitely something underneath there that you still haven't uncovered. And you kept uncovering those layers until you found what worked for you. And that is the moral of the story. Definitely Be your own advocate because... Just research. I research so much on there. Hypothyroid mom is an awesome one that I learned so much from her. She was almost my go-to hypothyroid Bible. And I just kept saying, nope, this isn't right. And so that's what I would say is be your own advocate. Only you know how your body feels. And I still have a ways to go. And I have, you know, my goal when I first heard your episode, Jen, I was like, oh, I can't wait till I get to goal. And I'm going to tell Jen, thank you. And maybe I could be on your podcast story. But when I see so many people say, I'm not losing, and my doctor says I'm fine, that's what prompt me to email you because 
if I listened to my doctor, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I still have a good 40 pounds to lose. But I just wanted to let you know that because of your help and your persistence and your group and my family, you know, I'm on my way, you know. Well, that makes you a success story right there and an inspiration for everybody. And really, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.